They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now, they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are... Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling! the two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you and powered by Bombas, the mind-blowing athletic leisure sock with a mission to help those in need. And with that being said, my name is Chad, and as always, I am brought to you, uh, excuse me, as always, I am joined, not brought to you by, by my <laughs> tag team partner, Primetime John, pause. John, I'm a little excited about Bombas being back, so uh, excuse me, but welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, yo, how's it going? I am pretty excited about Bombas as well. Yes, see, the Bombas excitement is so thick, you can cut it with a knife. But today on the show, we are joined by the con man, Rob Conway, the Iron Man, if you will former La Resistance member and NWA champion Rob Conway is with us. Pretty great. I uh, was especially excited to interview him, not really for the WWF stuff, but the WWE stuff, you know, with La Resistance, although that is interesting, and the con man stuff, which we do get into, is interesting, but I'm more or less interested in from 2013 when he made this huge comeback on when he was the NWA champion, and he took that title to Japan and battled many great New Japan stars. Yes, indeed. And although he did bring up that he has been active and very active on the independent scene since his release from the WWE, it's really been the last two years where he's established himself back on the map and definitely back in the spotlight and helped bring in that NWA uh, championship Back into the light now, we, the former guest of ours, Adam Pierce, also, of course, carried that NWA championship with a very, very firm hand uh, a few years back. But I, de- I definitely think it helped Rob Conway reestablish himself and going over to Japan and having Bruce Tharp, the, uh, the lightning rod, in his corner uh, definitely helped the overall uh, presence Rob Conway has in the ring. It's just it's really it's helped reinvent him. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And it's funny because he br- uh, brings it up in the interview about how you really don't get good at wrestling, per se, until you kind of get a little bit older. And he's, you know, late 30s, maybe even 40 now. But it's funny that a lot of these guys start really, really hitting their prime and really, really hitting their stride as they get to their mid-30s. And um, that's kind of what happened with him. I mean, he was always a good worker. You can always tell he was a great hand. But something really, really clicked, and everything really came together a couple of years ago. And then you you bottle all that up, and you put it with Bruce Tharp, who's just a great heel in Japan. They just absolutely hate him, and you know, he's got a great gimmick going for him. And then uh, you put the NWA title on him. He dominates, and he goes to Japan, has an awesome run. If you really go back and watch those matches, they were great. I mean, 
against Liger, against uh, Kojima, against Tenzon. All awesome matches and just adds to the NWA title and just adds to his own legacy that he's building that, you know, he's not just a con man. He's really the Iron Man and, you know, the new face of the NWA. Yeah, totally. And he said it about uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, just the, the thrill he got working with him and that uh, he's still just as good as advertised. And it's just it's very cool for him that he battled back from uh, what he then described as basically a burial uh, with how his WWE uh, tenure ended. And, of course, John excellently brought up the theme song, which if you're a WWE theme connoisseur, you might have a soft spot for Rob Conway's theme song. But uh, it doesn't get you uh, motivated the way time to play the game does, as Rob Conway said. <laughs> he was uh, he's so right on that. And when he starts talking about the theme, it's funny. Um, I mean, he explains it perfectly, and he talks about it perfectly. I actually didn't know how much of an answer we would get out of it, because it's kind of like, you know, like, okay, we all get it. That theme was absolutely terrible. But he gave a great story about the theme, a great explanation, and... Uh, You'll definitely want to stay tuned for that because that is a, a good story. And also, you know, on top of that, like you said, it's no time to play a game. It's no, you know, like Enter Sandman. It's no, you know, NWO theme or some or Ultimate Warrior theme. Some awesome theme that you're just like, man, you know, the song is great. It's pretty much one of the worst themes ever. <laughs> yeah, his story was great about hearing it and not knowing it was his theme song and uh you know, you just got to shake your head when you hear stuff like that, because especially during that era where they were just kind of lost on character development. And uh, he definitely was uh, lost in the shovel because now we talk about La Resistance briefly. And, you know, it's hard to believe it's 10 years already since La Resistance really got their uh, their run going and kind of ended uh, abruptly. couple guys in, couple guys out. But uh talks about the tag title win in Montreal against Benoit and Edge and it's an impressive, impressive pop when you hear it. If you can go find that, that episode of Raw on the WWE Network or if you can find it on YouTube, go listen to that crowd in Montreal go nuts for Rob Conway and uh, Sylvain Grenier win the, uh, the tag team championship. It's a hell, of a, uh, a hell of a moment, but what are your reflections of Rob Conway or, excuse me, Robert Conway in La Resistance? Um, La Resistance was okay. I mean, they definitely got a lot of heel heat stuff, but I always felt like he deserved better. I mean, Sylvain Grenier, he's okay, you know, a wrestler. Um, Dupree, obviously a lot of potential. He was a pretty good wrestler. But I always felt like Conway, better hand than both those guys for sure, and I always felt like they could have been doing something a little bit better with him or a little bit different with him. So I always felt like he was almost hampered or held back by La Resistance. But like you mentioned, that that tag win in uh, Montreal, I mean, that gets a huge, huge pop. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And uh, he was the one who always stayed healthy because uh, Sylvain Grenier got hurt, and that's kind of what you know led him to getting in there full time. And then uh, Dupree, I think they moved him over to SmackDown or, or something like that and allowed the two of them, Grenier and uh, Conway, to, uh, to team up. But, you know, it's... He talked about where he was before in OVW, and that OVW class is another uh, highly forgotten but should be more romanced class of OVW, and that was during the Jim Cornette, uh, Danny Davis era where you had Cena down there, you had Brock, you had Orton, you had Shelton Benjamin, you had Nick Dinsmore, 
And all these guys that you constantly read their names, and, man, are they coming up or are they going to get this shot finally? And Conway was one of them when he finally got there. Kind of seemed like they, uh, they kind of blew it. But definitely romancing that period of OBW should be done a little bit more given the stars that came out of there. Yeah, if you really mean, obviously, the guys you name, you just really think about who was down there when Conway was down there. Orton, Batista, Cena, Shelton Benjamin, I mean, uh, Brock Lesnar. I mean, huge, huge names, huge guys. And he was a part of a pretty cool period in, in OVW. And obviously now it appears that OVW is being sold. So OVW, uh, I guess, has seen better days. And those were the glory days of OVW. Yeah, that's uh, kind of fresh news that uh, Danny Davis is – uh, looking to sell OVW when uh, Rob Conway says he you know, thinks he had Danny Davis's last uh, match in a tag team match in OVW a few weeks back. And uh, all the best to uh, the nightmare, Danny Davis, and whatever he's going to move on to after OVW because he's built a hell of a legacy uh, down there in Kentucky. So with that being said, before we get to a little two-man power trip of a wrestling business, we want to welcome back Bombas to the show. Bombas is back, and of course, as I said at the top, it's the mind-blowing athletic leisure sock with a mission to help those in need. But prime time, you're going to tell them a little bit more about Bombas. Well, of course, with Bombas, besides being the greatest sock of all time, they also have a great promotion going on this month in honor of Team USA's big win. So on women's multipacks, you do get 20% off. And the code in all capital letters is Team USA. That is Team USA, and that is 20% off your women's multi pack, which does include the special Americanos socks. So you want to check those out. And of course, if you're going to use Bombas and you want the greatest sock full time, of course, when you buy one, one gets donated to the homeless. But if you're going to do it, do it through our website tmptfwrestling.com that is tmptfwrestling.com in the upper left hand corner you will see the Bombas link click on that link, do all your Bombas shopping through us I promise you will not regret it also some more two man power trip of wrestling business you can subscribe to us on YouTube you can subscribe to us on iTunes please leave us a review we would love to hear your feedback you can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Talent at Two Man Power Trip. And again, of course, the website is tmptofwrestling.com. And now, without any further ado, pass it along to the two time former NWA World Champion, the former NWA Tag Team Champion, the former multi time WWE Tag Team Champion. He is the former con man. And the current Iron Man, please enjoy Rob Conway. Today our guest is a very decorated and very accomplished wrestler who has made quite a name for himself on multiple continents. He's a former WWE World Tag Team Champion, a former OVW World and Tag Team Champion, a former NWA Tag Team Champion, and a two-time NWA World Champion, and in our opinion, the man who has brought prestige back to that NWA title. He is the Iron Man, the Con Man, and now he is our guest, and that is Rob Conway. Thank you for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. 
Man, I appreciate it, guys. That introduction, I'm thinking, man, who is this guy they're talking about? He sounds like he's done a lot in the wrestling industry. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, he is the man. In our opinion, we've said it a bunch of times on this show. You are the man who brought the prestige back to the NWA World Championship. What does that mean to you to hear that? After your the journeys through your career and to be the NWA champion, what does that mean to Rob Conway? Man, that's... Uh... It's really humbling, to be honest with you, to even be uh, on a list of guys that I grew up watching, and even the guys that have had it over like the last ten years are all people that I respect in the wrestling business. And there's been a lot of people over the years who, uh, you know, were NWA champion that uh, you know maybe didn't get the just deserve, you know, some of the credit because it, they hadn't been on television for a while, but there's a lot of guys, you know, beyond the Harley race and Dusty Rhodes and the Funks and uh, those Ric Flair, you know, over the last maybe 15 to 20 years that were really good wrestlers that are hardworking, that deserve a lot more credit maybe than what they get. So just to be on a list of guys who uh, have that accomplishment is very humbling. And, of course, we can't uh, move past talking about your NWA title runs without mentioning the tie-ins with Japan and you wrestling over in Japan as the NWA world champion. How is that going on to foreign soil with such a prestigious title, but also just in general, how do you love working in Japan uh, maybe versus uh, working in the United States? Japan, it's it, it's so much different than the United States uh, just in the fact that um, just about every opponent that I would go against, it's the first time that I've ever wrestled them. Uh, a lot of times it's the first time I've ever been in that particular, you know, city and country. And then also there's no one in the arena that wants to see you do good. I mean, everyone is against you. I mean, it's just, it, I mean, it, in a way it feels good, you know, and that, Hey, they want their guy to win. Uh, and that you you know bring that kind of reaction, but it, it, at the same time it, it's it's a little bit more difficult when you walk out and you know that they want to see you get hurt and lose and and uh, be happy to see you get wheeled out. You know, Adam Pierce kind of put the NWA title back on the map, but you definitely raised it and raised the prestige another level, definitely with the relationship between. NWA and New Japan Pro Wrestling, and one feud in particular, I think, really put the title to right back in the forefront was you against Satoshi Kojima, great, great wrestler. What's it like feuding with him, and what's it like feuding with him over the NWA World Title? Man, it's great. I mean, we really have, you know, we're similar size and really similar experience. Uh, you know, we're not that far off in age. I mean, so. So it's not like he's, you know, I'm going out there and battling somebody that's a lot bigger than me. So I mean, when you're out there with someone similar size and stuff, I mean, you can really go at it. And uh, the thing about Japan is that every one of those guys, I mean, are just legitimate pros. I mean, they go through the dojo system, and everyone that I've wrestled over there is a veteran that's been doing it at least as long as I have. So it it, it really makes for I mean, I feel like some really good matches, and they're—I mean, if you see them, they're really hard-hitting, 
uh, athletic contests. I mean, it, it, they bring it each and every night. And not that the guys over here don't. It's just that, uh, you know, throughout independent wrestling and even the NWA here in the United States, you know, we have 27 affiliates, uh, you know, and that's a lot. So for you to have that many affiliates and each one of them has 20 to 30 people on a roster, whereas that New Japan has, you know, 20 or 30 people on one roster. So they, you know, from top to bottom, sometimes it's a little bit deeper in their talent pool of guys who have been wrestling for, you know, three to 20 years. So everyone over there is, you know, a professional, and that's what they do for a living. So it's a real deep roster, and everyone over there has, um, you know, paid their dues. Now, the big show for New Japan is Wrestle Kingdom, and obviously it's held at the world-famous Tokyo Dome. And uh, in 2014, you were able to defend or you were able to fight Yakushima for the NWA title at the Tokyo Dome. What was it like being a part of that big, huge special event? No, it was it was uh, the biggest match in my career, and I've been in three WrestleManias. Uh, but it, all the WrestleManias I was in, it was either a tag match or or a, you know a battle royal or something. But to be featured in a one-on-one singles match in front of thirty-five thousand people with Harley Race there to present the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, going against Kojima, having Bruce Tharp there. I mean, it, it was really kind of the pinnacle at the time of everything that I've worked for. And it, it was amazing. Now, speaking of Bruce Tharp, we had the opportunity to interview him not too long ago, and he mentioned that when you fought uh, Hiroshi Tenzan, and he beat you for the NWA title. He said that's one of his favorite matches that he's seen in a very long time. What was it like wrestling Tenzon? And what was that match like? It was great. Uh, I, I picked it up on a DVD and watched it. Awesome match. For me, I really felt like me and him, we'd never had a singles match. You know, I'd faced him in some tag matches, but I really felt like we had an instant chemistry and that we both raised each other's uh games up maybe more than what either one of us has probably had in a couple of years. I mean, I, I, uh, that's a match that even though I didn't win that I'd look back on and think, man, that, you know, I felt like we really brought it and, uh, and it could have been the main event of that show. I mean, it, it was, it, it was a, a proud moment, even though I lost and Bruce, you know, gets such a reaction and he's, you know, so good at what he does uh, when he's at ringside that he just, I think he's an added element that elevated that match to where I think it could have been on any show. That that could have been a Wrestle Kingdom match. Yeah, definitely. That match was awesome. And obviously you've had a, a lot of great accolades. You even beat uh, Nakanishi, who's a legend over in Japan. You're actually the first wrestler to hold the NWA tag title and world title simultaneously, so you had a great career. But the one thing that I think really sticks out to me, I don't know about you, though, um, is your win. You beat Jushin Thunder Liger, one of the biggest legends ever in the history of Japanese wrestling, actually one of the biggest legends ever in the history of wrestling, period. What did you think about wrestling Jushin Liger, and was that as big of a deal as I'm making out to be that you were able to beat him? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you are a wrestling fan, and I think everybody who wrestles, 
I mean, in, and has a passion for wrestling, you know, started out as a fan. I mean, I, I feel like I still am a fan. I mean, I still watch wrestling every day at some point, whether it's on, on video or DVD or YouTube or, you know, some, I mean, I'm always watching it. And the idea of facing Jushin Thunder Liger in Japan for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, it sounds like a story that you would tell, you know, 20 years from now to your grandkids or something. It doesn't sound like something that just happens. Like, wow, this really happened to me. And uh, so, yeah, it was a, it was a huge deal. I mean, I'm, the thing about Jushin Liger is is that he looks exactly the same as he did 20 years ago because he has he's you know fully covered in his mask and stays in great shape so you can't tell. So I mean I watching when I would watch matches of his leading up to that match I watched him face uh, Macho Man Randy Savage in Japan and when the way that they film it like my match with him you can't tell he looks exactly the same it's the same setting same lighting same ring and it's just the the guy never ages and he still can do everything he ever did. So it was a it was a big thrill for me to a lot of these guys if you're a wrestling fan and you're in wrestling, just you know, just to meet them is great. Just to wrestle them is great. But to, you know, hold a win over Jushin Thunder Liger is just another thing that you never thought would happen when you first started wrestling. Yeah, it's just an amazing, amazing thing because he's one of the greatest of all time. But one other amazing thing uh, about your career was it was almost as if after WWE, I mean, you obviously wrestled other places, but it's like, where was Rob Conway? And boom, all of a sudden, 2013, it was almost like I would put you up there, maybe comeback wrestler of the year. You just had an amazing year as you rebuilt the NWA title and then wrestling all these guys in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But how did you feel about um, basically – 2013, almost like you, you came back and you, you really became uh, prominent again. Yeah, 2013 was definitely a big year for me. And the thing is, when I left the WWE, I mean, I didn't stop wrestling. I wrestled, you know, every week at least, you know, two to three times. It's just that without national television, people, you know, other than where you're wrestling at that night, they really don't know and can't follow what you're doing. Uh and the thing, and I, I stress this, is because I love the WWE. They, you know, just about everything that I have, I owe to them. I mean, you know, getting to be in the NWA and wrestle in New Japan is because, of, you know, they knew who I was from WWE. So there's there's life after the WWE because most of the time now, the guys that uh, they're on television that that are you know in a prominent spot, they're young guys. So you're not even at your best yet. So when I left the WWE, I'd been wrestling for uh, right about 10 years. And back when when wrestling, when I grew up watching it, a lot of times guys didn't even get a big break in the wrestling business until they'd been wrestling for 10 or 12 years. And you weren't really good yet. So I really feel like I got better. Like I learned a lot wrestling in the WWE, and then I took that, and then I wrestled independently because in the in WWE there's a pool of about thirty guys you wrestle over and over again, and you know independently you're wrestling a different guy, maybe maybe a hundred different guys a year. So you pick up new moves, you pick up uh, more ring savvy. You know you learn that when you're in a big company, you just go out and perform. When you're independently wrestling, you have to learn what people like. You have to learn what what merchandise sells, what 
you have to learn how to make a living being yourself. And I think that when I finally got the opportunity with the NWA in New Japan, I had really kind of, you know, my skill level had gone up and I was more comfortable with who I am as a wrestler. And you talk about the uh, the WWE and where you were uh, while you made your way up to the WWE main roster before was OVW. And you look at the way uh, the training ground is for uh, somebody who's making their path to the WWE. It's much different than how the OVW system was built. And looking back at that class, it's a it's a veritable who's who of uh, professional wrestling in retrospect. And it was uh, such a great crew that you had down there. What are some of your memories of uh, OVW and getting to work with the, the likes of John Cena and Randy Orton and B- Dave Batista, but in the early stages of everybody's career? Uh, I mean, it was great. I mean, that's the thing. Everybody that you that you just mentioned, the success that they had was not by accident. John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Dave Batista, Randy Orton, those guys worked so hard. There were days when we ended practice early because the mat was so sweaty that we couldn't we couldn't move around on it anymore because we only had one ring. And that's the thing is that the hard work is what I remember most. All of us, you know, really busting our butts, training hard. Everyone, we were competitive, but not competitive like wanting to get, you know, not wanting to see somebody else do good. Because if they wanted a guy to be in long resistance, they weren't going to use Batista. He was too big. So we we were happy for each other when they got when everyone got an opportunity. If somebody was getting a dark match, it was like, hey, man, go out there and, you know, represent and do good and get called up full time. But this just the the level of dedication and hard work and camaraderie that we had. But a lot of those guys, I've been wrestling way before any of them started. So like Randy Orton, John Cena, me and Nick Densmore were the two guys that had been there the longest. So Danny Davis, who trained all of us, including Brock and Randy and Dave, John Cena, he didn't hands-on train. He trained by saying, Nick, Rob, get in the ring. Show Randy how to do a headlock. Show you know, show Cena how to do, you know, a top wrist lock, how to do this. So we were the hands-on guys who probably took the first power bomb that Batista ever gave or the first F5 that Brock ever gave. So we were in the ring with them quite a bit. And it was, it was a who's who at one time at practice. I mean, it, it was me, Densmore, Lesnar, Batista, Orton, Cena, uh, Shelton Benjamin, uh, Charlie Haas, Victoria, Jazz, Rodney Mack, John Heidenreich, John O'Hare. I mean, all of us, Mark Henry, Big Show. I mean, you'd see all these huge guys coming out of this, what's now a condemned warehouse uh, every day. You know, and then they would send us guys down when they were, you know, injured. You would get Boss Man or, or Godfather or you know, different guys coming down there to rehab or so I mean it was a who's who of the wrestling business in this in this little warehouse. And now it's grown to where it's over in Louisville instead of Jeffersonville and it's called the Davis Arena and OBW is still thriving. I just teamed this past Saturday with uh, the nightmare Danny Davis in probably his last match at sixty three years old. He came back for one more tag match and it was a, an honor for me to tag with the guy who 
hands-on trained me. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's great to hear as well uh, that you got the chance to do that with Danny Davis. Now, you mentioned all those guys. That's like a, a veritable roster itself uh, of of superstars. But as you got to the WWE main roster and you were part of La Resistance, which is a great and very underrated tag team in retrospect with the run that you guys had and the heat that you were able to generate. But talk about winning the uh, the tag team champions as briefly, if you can, for the first time in Montreal. It was an unbelievable pop uh, when the three came down, uh, could you kind of relive that moment for us? Man, it was surreal. It was the first time in our career that we ever got cheered for. You know, every place else, they booed us out of the building. When we came out in Montreal, we were carrying their flags, you know. So Vaughn lives in Montreal. So we were the unbelievable fan favorites. And the thing is, is that then Edge and ben, Benoit came out, you know, and they're good guys everywhere, fan favorites. Benoit was born in Montreal, and Edge is from Canada, and they booed them out of the place. I mean, we were, no matter what we did, they were cheering for us. And when we finally got the one, two, three, we celebrated in the crowd, and Jerry Lawler talked about it, you know, being bigger than if they'd won the Stanley Cup, and it was. It was was just unbelievable. And as happy as I was for myself, because it was exciting, I was even more just, thrilled for Savon. I mean, to to win a championship like that and, you know, it meant a lot that they were putting the tag team division kind of in our hands and for it to be literally in his hometown, I'm just super happy for him. But it definitely kind of put us on the map together and made us the leaders of the tag team division for a couple of years. Now, as we wind down here, uh, just uh, finishing up real quickly, I always wonder this question, and i got to ask. Did you like the con man gimmick, and did you like that crazy theme song that they had along with it? Well, initially, the con man gimmick was not in the direction that they took it. I mean, it was basically, if you watch me in Ohio Valley Wrestling, I was the Iron Man Rob Conway. But at the time, I didn't know if they wanted to try to get the copyrights for Iron Man so we're just going to do that same, my same character, which really was an extension of myself at the time, and just call it the con man. And, uh, you know, it, it more of a Rick Rude, you know, type of, you know, a thinking man's wrestler that was really into himself. And uh, so that was the idea. And then that theme music just, I mean, to me, it was a catchy little tune but maybe one of the worst music to come out to in the history of wrestling. So the first time that that, the first time I ever heard that music, Kerwin White had just had a match and the match was over and the music played and I was getting ready to walk out and I thought it was his music that they play after you win a match and he was leaving. So I was standing there, you know, pumped up, ready to go. And Gerald Briscoe, was the one giving us the cue to go through the curtain. And he said, Rob, that's you. And I thought, what, what do you mean that's me? And he said, that's your music. And it literally dawned on me, this is my music. And I was like, oh, no. Because it wouldn't matter what you're trying to portray with that music. You know, when you walk out, the fans are already going to have a perception of what this guy's all about. And it was not supposed to be anything like that. Like, oh, my goodness, you know. You know, if the Ultimate Warrior would have had that music, 
he probably wouldn't have and didn't run to the ring. He'd be like, "What? What's going on with this guy?" As I always say, was not exactly time to play the game. <laughs> and you hear that, and you're just like pumped up and ready to go lift weights or something. My music, no matter how pumped up and charged up the crowd was, I could be backstage pumped up, ready to go. And as soon as I heard that music, I just went, you know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, i got to keep these people from falling asleep. It was almost like a rib that they were just trying to keep it from, you know, keep anybody from liking this, this match. Yeah, un- unbelievable. Now, one, the one thing I would like to talk about with you guys, because you talked about, you know, you talked about Bruce Tharp and oh, yeah. the NWA, but right now it's the most exciting thing that's happened to the NWA in the, you know, in the last 10 years is that we have our own channel now nwaclassics.com that we're really going forward and we're doing it by showing footage of matches that's only been seen once and that's at the Paul Bosch Library from NWA Houston and I'm sure Bruce had told you guys about it but now it's a chance you know in order for us to really go forward with the NWA the first thing we have to do is acknowledge the greatness of the past so it's going to be you know, first thing they can do is watch all the things that we've had in the past, the great wrestlers from then, and then, you know, they'll take some revenue from that, and we'll be able to take and build the present and the future. Without a doubt, and it's nwaclassics.com. And please tell everybody where we can find Rob Conway. You can find me on Twitter at the Rob Conway. Uh, for bookings, it's conwaynwa at gmail.com. And then I'm also on Facebook at uh, Rob Conway too. All right. Well, thanks so thanks so much, Rob. I, it really flew by. So thank you, uh, thank you very much for your time, and we really appreciate it tonight. I appreciate it. And hopefully, you guys, I hope we can come on again, and uh, we can we can uh, talk about some more fun stuff because uh, I really appreciate you guys. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Iron Man.